Welcome to Archetypes and Anarchy, a podcast created by me, Courtney Floyd, and my Introduction to Fiction students at the University of Oregon in spring of 2018. Episode 7, The Golden Bird. How's it going? I'm Alex. I'm Michael. I'm Austin, and we are talking about the fairy tale called The Golden Bird. The Golden Bird is a story from Household Tales by the Brothers Grimm. It was tale number 57 in the original publishing of the book. It is tale type 550 in the RNA Thompson Index, which is Supernatural Helpers. This is the synopsis. Every night, a golden apple is robbed off the king's apple tree. The king has his sons keep watch the apple tree to see who the thief is. The youngest son sees the golden bird stealing the apple and tries to shoot it, but only knocks one feather off. The feather is so valuable that the king decides that he wants the bird for himself. He sends his three sons after the bird, one after another. The sons each meet the talking fox who gives them advice for their quest. The first two sons don't obey the fox's advice, but the third son follows the fox's advice. The fox takes the third son to the wooden cage and tells him to put the bird in it instead of the golden cage next to it. The son disobeys and the bird gets captured. The son was sent after the golden horse and the fox advises him to use the wooden leather saddle, but the son uses the golden saddle instead. The son is sent after the princess and the fox advises him not to let her say farewell to her parents, but the son disobeys again. The father orders the son to remove a large hill as the price of his life. The son works for a while until the fox comes and removes it for him. When the son is free, he comes to find that the brothers are hanged for their sins unless they buy their liberty. The other brothers buy back the brothers, and the fox tells the brother not to sit by a well and not to purchase gallows of flesh. Gallows of flesh. The brothers were so tired that they decided to rest by the well. Then the brothers pushed the youngest brother into the well. So the golden bird was collected by the brothers Grimm in Germany uh, while they were working as librarians at a German university and studying law. The Household Tales was published in 1812, which was at the end of Napoleon's time. And many of these tales gave a glimpse into life during the Holy Roman Empire, which existed in and around Germany from 880 to 1806 AD. The Holy Roman Empire had many different kings that would sometimes fight between each other for political reasons. And so it's not surprising that in the story we have kings taking things from other kings to expand their own kingdoms. Here's the story, The Golden Bird, by the Brothers Grimm. In the olden time there was a king who had behind his palace a beautiful pleasure garden in which there was a tree that bore golden apples. When the apples were getting ripe, they were counted, but on the very next morning, one was missing. This was told to the king, and he ordered that a watch should be kept every night beneath the tree. The king had three sons, the eldest of whom he sent as soon as night came on into the garden. But when midnight came, he could not keep himself from sleeping, and next morning again, an apple was gone. The following night, the second son had to keep watch. It fared no better with him. As soon as twelve o'clock had struck, he fell asleep, and in the morning an apple was gone. Now it came to the turn of the third son to watch. He was quite ready, 
But the king had not much trust in him and thought that he would be of less use even than his brothers. But at last he let him go. The youth lay down beneath the tree, but kept awake and did not let sleep master him. When it struck twelve, something rustled through the air. And in the moonlight, he saw a bird coming whose feathers were all shining with gold. The bird alight on the tree and had just plucked off an apple. When the youth shot an arrow at him, the bird flew off, but the arrow had struck his plumage, and one of his golden feathers fell down. The youth picked it up, and the next morning took it to the king and told him what he had seen in the night. The king called his council together, and everyone declared that a feather like this was worth more than the whole kingdom. If the feather is so precious, declared the king, one alone will not do for me. I must and will have the whole bird. The eldest son set out. He trusted to his cleverness and thought that he would easily find the golden bird. When he had gone some distance, he saw a fox sitting at the edge of a wood. So he cocked his gun and took aim at him. The fox cried, Do not shoot me, and in return I will give you some good counsel. You are on the way to the golden bird, and this evening you will come to a village in which stand two inns opposite to one another. One of them is lighted up brightly and all goes on merrily within. But do not go into it. Go rather into the other, even though it seems a bad one. How could such a silly beast give wise advice? Thought the king's son, and he pulled the trigger. But he missed the fox, who stretched out his tail and ran quickly into the wood. So he pursued his way, and by evening came to the village where the two inns were. In one, they were singing and dancing. The other had a poor, miserable look. I should be a fool indeed, he thought. If I were to go into the shabby tavern and pass by the good one. So we went into the cheerful one, lived there in riot and rebel, and forgot the bird and his father and all good consuls. When some time had passed, the eldest son for month after month did not come back home. The second set out, wishing to find the golden bird. The fox met him as he had met the eldest and gave him the good advice of which he took no heed. He came to the two inns and his brother was standing at the window of the the window of the one from which came the music and called out to him he could not resist but went inside and lived only for pleasure again some time passed and then the king's youngest son wanted to set off and try his luck but his father would not allow it it is of no use said he he will find the golden bird still less than his brothers and if a mishap were to befall him he knows now how to help himself he is a little wanting at the best, but at last, as he had no peace, he let him go. Again the fox was sitting outside the wood, and begged for his life, and offered his good advice. The youth was good-natured, and said, Be easy, little fox. I will do you no harm. You shall not repent it, answered the fox. And that you may get on more quickly, get up behind on my tail. And scarcely had he seated himself when the fox began to run, and away he went over stock and stone till his hair whistled in the wind when they came to the village the youth got off he followed the good advice and without looking round turned into the little inn where he spent the night quietly the next morning as soon as he got into the open country there sat the fox already and said i will tell you further what you have to do go on quite straight and at last you will come to a castle in front of which a whole regiment of soldiers is lying but do not trouble yourself about them, for they will all be asleep and snoring. Go through the midst of them, straight into the castle, and go through all the rooms. 
till at last you will come to a chamber where a golden bird is hanging in a wooden cage. Close by, there stands an empty gold cage for show, but beware of taking the bird out of the common cage and putting it into the fine one, or it may go badly with you. With these words, the fox again stretched out his tail, and the king's son seated himself upon it, and away he went over stock and stone till his hair whistled in the wind. When he came to the castle, he found everything as the fox had said. The king's son went into the chamber where the golden bird was shut up in a wooden cage. Whilst the golden wood, golden one stood hard by, and the three golden apples lay about the room. But, thought he, it would be absurd if I were to leave the beautiful bird in the common and ugly cage. So he opened the door, laid hold of it, and put it into the golden cage. But at the same moment, the bird uttered a shrill cry. The soldiers awoke, rushed in, and took him off to prison. The next morning, he was taken before a court of justice, and as he confessed everything, was sentenced to death. The king, however, said that he would grant him his life on one condition, namely, if he brought him the golden horse which ran faster than the wind, and in that case, he should receive over and above, as a reward, the golden bird. The king's son set off, but he sighed and was sorrowful, for how he was to find the golden horse. But all at once, he saw his old friend, the fox, sitting on the road. Look you, said the fox, this has happened because you did not give me heed, you did not give heed to me. However, be one of good courage. I will give you my help and tell you how to get the golden horse. You must go straight on. You will come to a castle where in the stable stands the horse. The grooms will be lying in front of the stable, but they will be asleep and snoring, and you can quietly lead out the golden horse. One of the things you must take heed, put him on the common saddle of the wood and leather, and not the golden one, which hangs close by, else it will go ill with you. Then the fox stretched out his tail, the king's son seated himself upon it, and away he went over the stock and stone until his hair whistled in the wind. Everything happened just as the fox had said. The prince came to the stable in which the golden horse was standing, but just as, as he was going to put the common saddle upon him, he thought, it will be a shame to such a beautiful beast if I do not give him the golden saddle which belongs to him by right. But scarcely... Had the golden saddle touched the horse, then he began to neigh loudly. The grooms awoke, seized the youth, and threw him into prison. The next morning, he was sentenced by the court to death, but the king promised the, to grant him his life and the golden horse as well, if he could bring back the beautiful princess from the golden castle. With a heavy heart, the youth set out, yet luckily for him, he soon found a trusty fox. I ought only to leave you to your ill luck, said the fox, but I pity you, and I will help you once more out of your trouble. This road takes you straight to the golden castle. You will reach it by eventide, and at night, when everything is quiet, the beautiful princess goes out to the bathing house to bathe. When she enters it, run up to her and give her a kiss. Then she will follow you, and you can take her away with you. Only do not allow her to take leave of her parents first, or it will go ill with you. Then the fox stretched out his tail, the king's son seated himself upon it, and the way the fox went over the stock and stone, till his hair whistled in the wind. When he reached the golden castle, it was just as the fox had said. He waited until midnight, when everything lay in deep sleep. Then a beautiful princess was going to the bathing house. Then he sprang out and gave her a kiss. She said that she would go. She would like to go with him, but she asked him pitifully, and with tears, to allow her first to take leave of her parents. 
At first he withstood her prayer, but when she wept more and more, and he fell and fell at his feet, he last gave in. But no sooner had the maiden reached beside her father, and he and all the rest in the castle awoke, and the youth was laid hold of and put in the prison. The next morning the king said to him, Your life is forfeited, and you can only find mercy if you take away the hill which stands in front of my windows, and prevents me my seeing beyond it. And you must finish it all within eight days. Or if you do that, you shall have my daughter as your reward. The king's son began, and dug and shoveled without leaving, leaving off. But when after seven days he saw how little he had done, and, all, and how all his work as good as nothing, he fell into a great sorrow and gave up all hope. But on the evening of the seventh day the fox appeared and said, You did not deserve that I should take any trouble about you. But just go away and lie down to sleep, and I will do the work for you. The next morning, when he awoke and looked out the window, the hill had gone. The youth ran, full of joy, to the king, and told him that the task was fulfilled, and whether he liked it or not, the king had to hold his word and give him his daughter. So the two set forth together, and it was not long before the trusty fox came up with them. You have certainly got what is best, he said. The golden horse is all, also belongs to the maiden of the golden castle. How shall I get it? asked the youth. That I will tell you, answered the fox. First, take the beautiful maiden to the king, who sent you up to the golden castle. There will be an unheard of rejoicing. They will gladly give you the golden horse and will bring it out to you. Mount it as soon as possible and offer your hand to, to all in farewell. Last of the beautiful... Last of all, to the beautiful maiden, and as soon as you have taken her hand, swing her up onto the horse and gallop away, and no one will be able to bring you back, for the horse runs faster in the wind. All was carried out successfully, and the king's son carried off the beautiful princess um, on the golden horse. The fox did not remain behind, and said to the youth, Now I will help you to get the golden bird. When you come near the castle where the golden bird is found, let the maiden get down, and I will take her into my care. Then ride the golden horse into the castle yard. There will be a great rejoicing at night at sight, and they will bring out the golden bird for you. As soon as you have the cage in your hand, gallop back to us and take the maiden away again. When the plan had succeeded and the king's son was about to ride home with his treasures, the fox said, Now you shall reward me for my help. What do you require for it? asked the youth. When you get into the wood yonder, shoot me dead and chop off my head and feet. That would be fine gratitude, said the king's son. I cannot possibly do that for you. The fox said, if you will not do it, I must leave you. But before I go away, I will give you a piece of good advice. Be careful about two things. Buy no gallows flesh and do not sit at the edge of any well. And then he ran into the wood. The youth thought, that is a wonderful beast. He has strange whims. Who is going to buy gallows flesh? and the desire to sit at the edge of a well it has never yet seized me. He rode on with the beautiful maiden, and his road took him again through the village in which his two brothers had remained. There was a great stir and noise, and when he asked what was going on, he was told that two men were going to be hanged. As he came nearer to the place, he saw that they were his brothers, who had been playing all kinds of wicked pranks and had squandered all their wealth. He inquired whether they could not be set free. If you will pay for them, answered the people, but why should you waste your money on wicked men and buy them free? 
He did not think twice about it, but paid for them, and when they were set free, they all went on their way together. They came to the wood where the fox had first met them. As it was cool and pleasant within it, the two brothers said, Let us rest a little by the well and eat and drink. He agreed, and whilst they were talking, he forgot himself and sat down upon the edge of the well without thinking of any evil. But the two brothers threw him backwards into the well, took the maiden, the horse, and the bird, and went home to their father. Here we bring you not only the golden bird, said they. We have won the golden horse also, and the maiden from the golden castle. Then was their great joy, but the horse would not eat, the bird would not sing, and the maiden sat and wept. But the youngest brother was not dead. By good fortune the well was dry, and he fell upon soft moss without being hurt, but he could not get out again. Even in this strait the faithful fox did not leave him. It came and leapt down to him, and upbraided him for having forgotten his advice. But yet I cannot give it up so, he said. I will help you up again into daylight. He bade him grasp his tail and keep tight hold of it, and then he pulled him up. You are not out of all danger yet, said the fox. Your brothers were not sure of your death, and have surrounded the wood with watchers, who are to kill you if you let yourself be seen. But a poor man was sitting upon the road with whom the youth changed clothes, and in this way he got to the king's palace. No one knew him, but the bird began to sing, the horse began to eat, and the beautiful maiden left off weeping. The king, astonished, asked, What does this mean? Then the maiden said, I do not know, but I have been so sorrowful, and now I am so happy. I feel as if my true bridegroom has come. She told him all that had happened, although the other brothers had threatened her with death if she were to betray anything. The king commanded that all people who were in his castle should be brought before him and amongst them came the youth in his ragged clothes. But the maiden knew him at once and fell upon his neck. The wicked brothers were seized and put to death, but he was married to the beautiful maiden and declared heir to the king. But how did it fare with the poor fox? Long afterwards, the king's son was once again walking in the wood when the fox met him and said, You have everything now that you can wish for, but there is never an end to my misery, and yet it is in your power to free me. And again he asked him with tears to shoot him dead and chop off his head and feet. So he did it, and scarcely was it done when the fox was changed into a man, and was no other than the brother of the beautiful princess, who at last was freed from the magic charm which had laid upon him. And now nothing more was wanting to their happiness as long as they lived. I like the story about the golden bird by the Brothers Grimm. I thought some of it was confusing, but after reading it a couple times, it all made sense. I think the story has a lot of hidden advice in it, but the one that I chose to focus on was the advice given by the fox. I would argue that the fox represented someone who was older and wiser, like a father or mentor of some sort. The three sons all failed to obey the fox's advice, and that obviously backfired on them. When I read through this story, I noticed patterns of advice that the fox gives is never respected. Just like the fox, typically, elders know more about things than younger people do, but rarely do younger people listen. I remember always getting advice from my parents, but not always obeying them. In return, I would find myself getting into some sort of trouble. The fox seems to know everything about everything, but the sons still don't seem to catch on. Even after the youngest son doesn't obey the fox and gets into trouble three times, the son still doesn't listen to the fox when the fox says, don't sit by the well. Just like me, my dad, the fox would always continue to give the sons advice, even when they wouldn't listen. The fox would always give rides places and let them sit on his tail. I like the story because it was not only an entertaining story, but I can identify with the king and the fox when I give my kids 
advice or instructions that they don't listen to or follow. I would agree that The Golden Bird is a story which is really about following your parents or elders' instructions to become well-rounded adults, handsomely rewarded with good-paying jobs and wholesome families. Golden things are often used as the rewards in this story, such as the golden apples and the golden bird. And even the princess came from a golden castle. The common theme is what happens when the youth listens to the fox. Either the youth listens and is rewarded or ignores the fox and gets imprisoned. Since the youth is called a youth and the fox is his guide, it would appear that this story is about a youth following the advice of your elders. In Germany at this time, the father was considered the absolute ruler of the household and the children were expected to follow his instructions as law. Families were expected to be conservative-minded with attention paid to religion and old-fashioned family values. I think this fairy tale really helps to enforce those values and traditions so that they can be passed down through a legacy. I also think that this story carried a message about wanting rich and showy belongings when they weren't necessary. In the early 1800s, there was a lot of people who would surround themselves with the decadence, even when they didn't really have the means to pay for it just because they wanted to feel like a lord or a lady. And the youth often also wanted the most decadent items to go with the golden bird or the golden horse, even though it wasn't appropriate for the time, even though he had the advice from the fox, and so he ignored it. I personally enjoyed reading the fairy tale, The Golden Bird. It is full of life lessons and morals that the Brothers Grimm wants the readers and audience to catch. In my reading, I will argue that the path the fox wants the sons to take to retrieve the golden bird in power is an unpopular one. Some paths or ways of achieving your goals are uncommon or full of doubt, but could lead to a surprising result. One symbol that embraces the idea of unpopularity is the old tavern that the fox wants the three brothers to stay at for the night. This tavern is old, shabby, run down, and looks non-livable. The first two brothers only care about themselves and the pleasure they desire and look for so dearly. As a result, the two older brothers stay in the nicer inn and forget about their father and retrieving the golden bird. The younger brother, however, is good-natured and obeys and listens to the fox's advice. The youngest son avoids temptation, the risk of being hung, and ultimately stays focused on retrieving the golden bird for his father. Ultimately, the kings and the two older brothers in this story are power-hungry and are in constant search of pleasure and, in quote, golden objects that will satisfy their needs and determine their rank in society. The youngest son, however, is in desperate need to gain his trust and appreciation from his father, who has no trust or care in the world for him. The youngest son will do anything to achieve that goal, and by listening to a strange fox he meets in the wood, he not only retrieves the golden bird, but gains full trust from his father to become the future king. He, provi he provides attributes and promising motives to become the next king after his father, and helps the fox break free from his magic spell. The fox was the princess's brother, who was helping the good-natured youngest son the entire time. The son learns his true identity and finds his true destiny and his future with the kingdom. I'm Austin. I'm Michael. I'm Alex, and thank you for listening to our podcast. 
Archetypes and Anarchy is produced by me, Courtney Floyd, and researched and written by my spring 2018 Introduction to Fiction students at the University of Oregon. Our theme music is Music Box by The Underscore Orchestra, and our closing music is Wolf, It's Really Rather Rad by High Arches, both of which are available under a Creative Commons license at the Free Music Archive. The sound of the wolf that lives in the woods That comes to my back door from time to time Shake the hand of the sun that burns above Reaches down over everyone Got your jackal and heart, your monster inside Pouring water over your fire I incur lost a soul, then I need to go Back into the woods, I'm told Not a single living thing needs to be left out You can find in the garden what's missing in yourself There's a spider web that connects heads Connected by the number nine can you think in visions and breathe in rhythms? Dream an ocean over your lips. It brings a deeper meaning, a powerful feeling. Brings us the myths we're told. And it's only clean water that supports the things that we're trying to grow. Not a single living cell needs to be left out. Find in the garden what's missing in yourself. Have you seen the way the speaker makes a pattern in the sand? When the frequency is just right, oh man, it's really rather rare.